Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. All right, we'll get seated today. We're going to get started. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 21. All right, catch a seat, catch a seat. All right, I really like turn and talk. It's a time to get to say hey to everybody. It seems like it kind of gives us that break where I've noticed since we started doing it, there seems to be more focus and attention on the Word. How many know that's the important thing is that we hear from the Word today? So Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, Jesus said when the devil tempted him to turn the Turn the uh, to make bread and turn the stones to bread. Jesus said, "Man can't live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God." Father, we thank you today that your word sustains us. We thank you today that your word nurtures us. Father, we thank you today that we are strengthened and we walk by your might and by your power. And Lord, we thank you that we are beholding Jesus week to week at Church on the Rock as we see Jesus, that we're being transformed into his image by, from glory to glory. Father, we thank you that we're going forward. We thank you that we're moving up. And Lord, we thank you that we're taking ground in personal lives and in church life. And Lord, we're taking ground from the enemy. And Lord, we thank you and we bow our knee to you. And we bow our heart to you. And we say holy is the Lord today. And we worship you and we love you with all of our hearts today. God, just be in the room. Be in our hearts. Be with us. Be with us, God. Be with us, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Is everybody at Matthew 21? All right. This morning at 7 o'clock or 7.30, I had two thoughts going through my head and I could not get them out of my head. So I went and looked up a couple of scriptures and we changed sermons today. So uh, praise the Lord. We were, we'll do another sermon another time. And I just noticed I got Carmen's glasses too. They don't go all the way to my ears. And they're a little different, but we're going to get through this, all right? Come on, you 50-year-olds. Don't tell me you don't have to do this a little bit. All right, come on, say amen or oh me. Are you glad to be here today? All right, let's read today in Matthew 21. It says, as Jesus, verse 1, and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them to go ahead. He said, go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you'll see a donkey tied there with a colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. Man, I never noticed it said untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, oh, the Lord said take them. Can you imagine that if somebody comes and takes your car? (laughs) Think about that. That was their vehicle of that day and their transportation. And somebody just walks up and, "Ah, I'm taking your Mercedes today or I'm taking your Ford today. And you're like, and they say, what are you doing? You say, well, the Lord said, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that with one of your Cadillacs today. The Lord told me to. Not feeling God in that at all, are you? <laughs> all right, untie them. Uh, anyway, uh, if anyone asks you what are you doing, said the Lord needs them, and they'll let you take them. Mm, I do feel the anointing on that. I need that 
This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king's coming to you. He's humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as they were commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him. They threw their garments. I want you to see that. They threw their garments over the colt, and they sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of them, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center. Isn't that cool? Jesus was in the center. How many know that's where he needs to be? Jesus was in the center of the procession. And the people all around them were shouting, praise God. Or some of your Bibles say, Hosanna, the son of David. Praise God, Hosanna, the son of David, who brings blessing and honor, who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God, or Hosanna in the highest. The entire city of Jerusalem was in a uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, well, it's Jesus. It's the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Praise the Lord. You know, I was reading uh, what, what, came, what came to me this morning is I kept hearing highway. And the Lord spoke to me two different things about, about a highway. But I just kept hearing highway. So I just grabbed my Bible this morning. I looked up highway. And the first scripture I came to, in ancient world, palm branches were laid out to make a path of welcome uh, welcome him home a king, similar to laying out of the red carpet. But look at Nehemiah 8.15. It says this. He said that a proclamation should be made throughout the towns of Jerusalem, telling the people to go to the hills, look at this, to get branches from olive. And in a little bit, you're going to hear me speak specifically a word of the Lord about olive branches. I kept hearing in my spirit this morning something about olive branches. So I want you just to keep that in your mind. When we talk about olive branch today, it's going to set some people free. You're going to experience a freedom today in a few minutes when we come back and we talk about olive. From olive, from the branches from olive, wild olive. And then it said myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees. They were to use these branches to make shelters in which they live during the festival as they went to worship, the fe- worship in the feast or the prescribed in the law. And brothers and sisters, what happened back in Jerusalem is they went to the city to these feasts. You know, there were some people that could rent a motel and could rent something nice, but the majority of people did not have the funds. They weren't able to because there were several feasts through the year and they just couldn't pick up and afford to go to Jerusalem and take their whole families. How many know what I'm talking about? So so in the Old Testament said when you do that to bring these different types of palm leaves and what they would do is they would literally make temporary housing beside the road so that when so that during the feast they'd stay in these temporary housing just kind of shelters that were made so they could have some shelter while they were worshiping and doing the feast. So most of the people that were, when it says they were cutting the palms and they were taking the palms off and they were laying them before the feet, man, they were, they were, they were laying anything they, they could grab onto. If they had palm leaves, they were grabbing them. If they had olive leaves that they were using for shelter, they were tearing down their shelters and they were throwing it down. If they didn't have that, they were taking off their coats and they were throwing it down. Like today, if, if Jesus was coming and people was throwing stuff down, I'd probably pull this outer shirt off and throw it down. But they were taking whatever they could and throwing it down and making a red carpet for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to come on. But what's interesting and what stuck out to me in my spirit today is most of the people that did this were the poor in spirit they were people that were poor 
And the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And brothers and sisters, for us to have that acceptance of Christ and that acceptance of the King into our life, we have to get to a place where we are poor. You know, even in Isaiah uh, 61 and also in Luke chapter 4, where, where it talks about, uh, where, where, where it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, where Jesus was prophesied about it in Isaiah, and then it was fulfilled in Luke chapter 4. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the good news to to the poor. But then it'll set, so, so that whole setup of everything that Jesus came to do, it was to the poor. Everybody t- look at your neighbor and say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, it's, it, when we get to a place where we know that we are bankrupt, when we get to a place when we know that we are out of control, that we can't help ourselves, when we get to a place at wit's end, or, or, or we know nothing's happening except God, that, my brother and that, my sister, is when you are a candidate for the outpouring or for a miracle of the Lord. Somebody give the Lord praise for that. Because, listen, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, and then it says, Poor, the people that are poor are broken in spirit and he'll heal them. The people that are sick, he'll heal them. The people that are bound, they'll heal heal them. So you see that everything that Jesus was prophesied that he was to do, it happened to the people that know they're poor without God. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that I'm poor without you, but I'm rich through you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. The second thing, so they they did that, it was a sign of the poor. The poor in spirit are the ones that see God. The poor in spirit. But then the second thing is they were laying down their branches. It was also a mark of rejoicing and worship. May I say again to you, as I've said time and time in the past, worship is not a denominational thing. Worship is not something that some people do and others don't do. Worship is not a style. It's not a preference. Worship is not saved for uh, charismatic people or Pentecostal people or spirit-filled people or or, or people that are just uh, say that they know what freedom is in the spirit. Worship is for all. I've pastored in, I've been a lead pastor in a Baptist church. I've been a pastor in a Methodist church. I've been a pastor in a non-denominational church. I've been a pastor in an Assemblies of God church. I've always said it doesn't matter what church I pastor in. How many know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And the same message is used to preach in all those. It's not a denomination. It's not a style. It's not a characteristic. Worship is for all. It's for everyone to lift their hands in worship to God. He gives us seven ways that we can worship God. It's for everyone to lift their hands. It's for everyone to clap their hands. It's for everyone to shabak, to shout unto the Lord with a voice of of triumph. It's to everyone to sometimes be still before the Lord. How many sometimes worship him in the stillness and some of your most intimate times may be like this, where you're just thinking and you're reflecting It may be that you uh, uh, have the praise where you're waving your hands. But guys, worship is not, it's not a style. It's something that all of us do. And God inhabits the praises of his people. The reason we want Church on the Rock to have a passionate worship and be a people that are not spectators, but they're worshipers is because it sets the atmosphere where something, where miracles are about to happen. How many know that God inhabits praise? 
Even when you're in a bad situation and, and, and things seem to be going wrong, praise your way out of it. Praise the Lord in good times. Praise the Lord in bad times. So praise is so important. But I started thinking about this word highway. Where did this highway go? And I started, I just looked up highway today about 7.30 in the morning and, and I just started looking up highway and I was like, oh God, couldn't you have told me this on Wednesday <laughs> or something like that? But you know, who knows? But where, where did the high go? Well, well, let's look at a, different, a few different highways in the Bible. The first place the highway led to right after they were doing the palms, the first thing he did is he went to the temple. And he went to the temple and he said this. Jesus entered the temple and he began to drive out people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said unto him, the scripture declares my temple, my temple. Everybody say my temple. My temple will be called the house of prayer. But you've turned it into a den of thieves and for robbers. And then the blind came to Jesus after he did this. They came to him in the temple, and he healed him. The Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, Brian, the first place that that highway went was to the temple. And the temple is a place to proclaim liberty and freedom to people that are bound. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says it in 1 Corinthians 6.16, it says it in 2 Corinthians, I think chapter 5 or 6, but all through the New Testament, the, and even Isaiah prophesied and talked about where God's temple was to be. Isaiah, when he prophesied that, he said this, God said, heaven is my home, the earth is my footstool, where is the house or the temple that you made for me? Paul wrote over and over that the house or the temple is what, brothers and sisters? It's right here. Your, ha your heart, your body is the temple of the living God. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. And I'm telling you, right after Jesus went on the profession and, 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 he, was, and he was crowned and everybody was worshiping him, the first thing he did is he went to the temple and he cleansed it from the robbers and the thieves and the liars and those accusing. And he said, this will be a house of prayer. It'll be a house of praise. It'll be a house of power. And it will be a house of presence. He cleared the temple. Brother and sister, Sisters, I felt the Lord say today to point to that congregation and say, Know ye not that you're the temple of the living God, and the devil has no residence with you, with you, around you, in you, whatever it is. He has no residence. He is a thief. He is a robber. What has the devil been thieving from you? What has the devil been robbing from you? What has the devil been lying to you about and accusing you about? I'm telling you today that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has made his whip. And he's driving out the thieves and the robbers and the accusers and those things in your heart that are keeping you from God. And there's freedom to God's people today. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Come on. Somebody praise him in the house. There's freedom. If the Lord told me that, if the Lord told me that, where, 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 what's he stealing from you? Is he stealing your sleep? Is he stealing your sanity? Is he stealing your finances? Is he stealing your children? Is he robbing you of peace? Is he robbing you? He's a thief. He's a robber. How is he lying to you? How is he accusing you? How is he making you feel like a piece of yuck all the time? 
How's he accusing you? How's he taking the word and accusing you and telling you what you're not? Jesus drove him out. And he said, my house is a house of prayer. Put your hand over your heart today and say, Lord, drive the thieves out of my life. Drive the robbers out of my life. Drive the accuser out of my life. Drive it out of my life. Drive it out of my life. Lord, my temple will be a house of presence. My temple will be a house of praise. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise God. That's one thing he said to me. Here's another thing he said. The Lord said this to me. He said, tell them that this highway, and remember I hadn't looked up any scriptures. The second thing the Lord told me is he said that this highway is going to be a highway out. And I was like, huh? A highway out to people, people that are in a situation that you need to get out of or away from. In fact, you may not even want to get out of it or away from it. You might even like it. But I warn you today, I warn you by the Spirit of the Lord, that there are people today that there are situations that you are in, and God wants to tell you that I'm giving you a way out of this. I'm giving you a way out of that situation. I'm giving you a way out of that circumstance. And then I wrote down, you need a highway out of the trouble or possibly the sin that you are in. Proverbs 16, 17 in New King James Version says, The highway of the rough upright is to depart from evil. How many want to be upright in in the sight of the Lord? The highway or the way of the upright, the highway or the way of the upright is to depart from evil. He who keeps his way preserves his soul. I'm telling you today, God's giving you a way out. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, the temptations that are in your life, I don't know about you, but I pray the Lord's prayer every day. Because the, Lord, the Bible says, when you pray, pray. When they said, Lord, how do we pray? He said, well, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be down on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Listen, lead me not into temptation. But deliver me from evil today. Today, deliver me from evil. I'm telling you that as Esau, uh, uh, as Esau was playing around with God and, and, and having false repentance and, and, and false, uh, uh, like he wanted to live for God, and, and, and he was called out on it and said, your heart's not pure, you're, you're, you're being deceitful, and he says, sin is crouching at your door. It's waiting outside the door. And when he went out the door, sin pounced him. Was that Esau, Craig? Sin pounced him. Sin pounced him. Brothers and sisters, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me. The Word of God says that you are delivered from this present evil world, and you are translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. You're translated into the kingdom of light. The Word of God says in Ephesians chapter 2 that after we're translated, we are made to set with Christ in heavenly places. I pray every day, translate me out of this evil world and put me into your world. There's no temptations that other people experience, but God is faithful. He will not allow that temptation to be more than you can stand. Anybody read that? 
It won't be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you, say that, a way out. That's NLT. He will show you, everybody say, a way out. The Lord spoke to me today, and he said, Brian, tell people that if you're in a situation that you need to get out of, you may not even want to get out of it, but you need to get out, and the Lord will make a way out today. 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 You won't be left. God will make a way out. Isaiah eleven sixteen. Then there will be a highway. Isaiah eleven sixteen. Isaiah eleven sixteen. Thank you, Olichka, for wanting to get that down. It made me want to say it again. Isaiah eleven sixteen. Then again, I was just looking up highway. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people. Somebody say, I'm a his people. Who will be left from Assyria as with Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. In other words, there's a remnant of people left in, in Assyria that were slaves and captive. But the Lord said, hey, hey, there will be a highway for you to get out. Don't feel like you're left in Assyria. Don't feel like you're left holding the bag. Don't feel like you're left and forgotten. The Lord says, I haven't forgot you. Come on. The Lord says, I have not forgot you. And I've not only not forgot you, I'm giving you a way out. Just like the Red Sea dried up and the children of Israel walked through on dry ground, the Lord says that I've got an escape for you that's as powerful as that. I'm telling you today, how many of you believe the word of God? How many of you believe the word of God? If you're in a situation and a place and you feel like God has forgotten you and you're left there a slave and you're lonely and you're tired, the Lord says, I haven't forgotten you. I'm going to make a way out and it's going to be as powerful as what Moses did with the Egyptian. Praise God. How many receive that right now? How many need that? How many need that? A way out. I need a way out. What about the insurmountable problems? And troubles you're in. Isaiah 49, 11. Isaiah 49, 11 says, I will make each of my mountains a road. Robert, you came in my spirit immediately today. As I was praying for Church on the Rock, I felt this especially for business owners. If you're a business owner, here's the word of the Lord to you. If you are a business owner, you're starting a business. I pray for business owners every day. If you're a business owner, because God told me that church and business owners are, are to be put together, that, that we're together. And you know what? I'm tired of the church saying, well, he's called the pastor. He's called to be an apostle. He's called to be that. You're called to be a businessman or a businesswoman. And you are as powerful for God and as, as important to the kingdom as the pastor is. Let's, let's quit lifting and exalting others above others. There's an anointing on people. There's an anointing. But God says this to business people, that I will make each of my mountains, I will make each of my mountains a road. How many has ever been to Branson, Missouri? If you've been to Branson, Missouri, Carmen, that's her hometown. Uh, we were there when there were no roads to Branson. There were no highways to Branson. There were mountains. 
They would literally, how many have literally seen those mountains, Carmen? How many of you remember the mountain that you went around or that you went up and over? You had to, it was in your way. And, and in getting to Springfield, it took an hour, and now it takes less than 30 minutes because there's a mountain in the way. My goodness, they've taken dynamite. They've taken heavy equipment. They've taken bulldozers and backhoes and track hose and dynamite and trucks. And they tore them mountains down. And they made it a road. Oh, thank you, Lord. God is tearing the mountains down, you business owners. God is taking your mountain down. He's grinding it up. He's moving it away. He's taking that very mountain and it's becoming the road. It's becoming the highway so that your business or your life is going to where God has called it to go. He'll take your mountain. He'll take your mountain and he'll make it a road. A road. A road. My highway. Everybody say in my highways. My plans. Come on. Somebody say my plans. It's the Lord's plans. God's plans. God's visions. Come on. God's plans. God's visions. God's purposes. My highways. That's my highways. They're going to be elevated. Oh, hallelujah. You know what? As much as I'm enjoying this message, I'm feeling the enemy attack so hard, but he's defeated. He's defeated. He will take your mountain and the very mountain that stood in your way, he's going to make it a road. Woo, glory to God. Take that one. Tell the devil, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Come on. Now let's get to this one. God wants you to build a highway of olive branches. God spoke that to me today. He said, Brian... There are people that they need, to be, they need to build a road in a place that there is strife and contention and broken relationship. And like family members you don't, don't talk to or things that's happened at work or whatever it is. Wherever there's a bone of contention and there's not peace and harmony in relationship. Relationships that God wants you to have. God wants you to build a highway with olive branches. In other words, some threw their jackets down, some threw palm branches down, some threw myrtle, myrtle branches down. I mean, Nehemiah was very clear of the different types of branches. But some, you need to make a highway with olive branches. You need to make a highway. Your branch needs to come from an olive tree. And your branch that you're laying down to make a highway for Jesus to come on to that situation needs to be done with olive branches. Olive branch, I just looked it up. I didn't have much time today. Uh, it, it, I just wrote olive branches hold out you hold it out and offer an olive branch to do or say something in order to show that you want to end a disagreement that you want to end an argument that you want to end a misunderstanding with someone that you want to end something that's been going on too long 
Something that someone does in order to show that they want to stop arguing. An olive branch is often used as a sign meaning peace. To extend an olive branch. The idiom or where that comes from or or where they kind of get that terminology, it comes from the Bible. Isn't that kind of cool? Where do you think it came from in the Bible? Has everybody seen the olive branch with the dove? How many have seen that? Where the dove has like an olive branch in its mouth or something? That's biblical. You know where it came from? Noah. 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 After there was a break in relationship with God and all mankind, he flooded the whole earth, my friends. He flooded the whole earth. He destroyed everything except Noah and his family and the animals. And then as the water receded, a dove was sent out. A dove symbolizing peace. And a dove finally brought back an olive branch. And that's where we get that. So it's to extend an olive branch is to make an offer of peace. Or to approach a foe with a spirit of reconciliation and a spirit of forgiveness. All across this room today, if the Lord is showing you somewhere that you need to extend an olive branch, just say yes to him. Time for the arguing to stop. It's time for the to be gone. And I want you to see yourself building a bridge with peace. The Bible says as much that lives within you, you can't take care of the other person. But the Bible says, Paul said, as much that lives within you, be at peace with all men. I can't control what other people are doing, but I can control what Brian's doing. As much that lives within Brian, be at peace with everybody. If they don't want to be at peace with you, what do I do if I've tried, Pastor, and they don't want to? You've done what God's told you to do. I've even tried to force it. Don't try to force it. Just be obedient. And, and, and don't start thinking that you need to... Don't start thinking that you need to be in relationships like it was before. That's where you have to have discernment. Because some things, God doesn't want it to go back like it was before. And so you have to use discernment in, in which relationships you do that with. Because some, some it's, already, it's already passed, and the Lord's saying this to you. Brother and sister, listen to me. You're going to have to have discernment today, or you're going to be digging up stuff that God had buried. You need to be serious today when you're asking about if I'm, because that's a word of the Lord with the palm of the olive branch. You need to ask yourself, because some things God's saying this to you, old things are passed away, behold, all things are new. One thing, some that God's saying to you is what Paul said, this one thing I do, I put away those things are, that are behind and I press forward. There's some things that the Lord has told, told me in the past that, that's done, press forward. Don't go back with that olive. It's, it, don't go back with the olive branch. But some things you need to offer the olive branch. Now, with that wisdom, I want to explain something to you on this. 
Wisdom is, you know how we've been doing the triangles. Wisdom is teaching. It, it's, it's, it, wisdom is from God. But what happens with wisdom is with wisdom, there begins to come an understanding of wisdom. In other words, I read wisdom, I read the word, and I read teaching, but a lot of times I don't have understanding or application for the teaching. Well, after wisdom's there, then you have to pray for understanding, for a spirit of understanding. That's what Ephesians chapter 1 talks about, where it says that the God of our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. The eyes of your what? Understanding. So sometimes wisdom's out there, but we don't understand wisdom. And, and, and the Bible says, if you want to know if you're mature, Paul talks about it in Hebrews 5 and 6. People that are mature are discerning. My wife is one of the most mature Christians that I know. She's a discerning Christian. I'm even learning to discern. She's way ahead of me. I'm, I'm really immature. <laughs> I'm so immature. Uh, no, I'm mature. I'm not going to speak that myself. I'm very mature. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but Carmen always tells me I'm a fifth grader. No. <laughs> but a, a person that's mature is able to discern. I wish I could tell you an example that the Lord had me discern this week. Um, I probably shouldn't do that one. Should I the one I told you on the way to church? Carmen always says, if you have to ask, don't do it. <laughs> Boy, that's wisdom and just understanding right there. But, but after you get understanding, hey, knowledge is this. There's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Everybody puts them together as one. They're not. With wisdom comes understanding. And knowledge is when you're able to practice. That's why that diamond is so important. Teaching, practice. Knowledge is when you're able to apply and practice teaching that you understand. Okay? So with this, on do I offer an olive branch or is God telling me go forward? You are going to have to be very discerning on that. and You're going to have to hear from the Lord because yes is the answer to both of them. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that there will be a discernment. Ask the Lord to give you discernment if you're to offer an olive branch or if you're supposed to go forward. He'll tell you. Okay. Let's don't make this hard. All right. Let's go to the next thing that he told me. So we're seeing these things, uh, the olive branch. And then the next thing is a highway to the people in your world. Build a bridge to the people that you know. So a highway to your world is your family, your friends, your neighbors, your workplace. Here's what I want to say on that this week. Is I want you to I want you to be a an inviter, a worker, and a worshiper this week. We need everybody, all hands on deck. We need everybody at Church on the Rock to do three things this week. To me, this is the the biggest opportunity for the church as we know it this week. This is the greatest week in history. Are we trying to reach the world? This is the best week to reach the world. This is the best week to do it. So what we need you to do is be a healthy inviter. Okay, guys, we we are not going to be a church that just hears the Bible and says, oh, thank you, boom, I'm out of here. Karen and Jay, you two, you need to quit smooching back there. Jay, (laughs) 
can't you save it for the house, Jay? Seriously, a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Where are those cards that has the Easter stuff? Where are those things? Okay, here's the thing. Um, Karen, run up here. Come on, Vanna, run. Look, come on, Vanna. Look, uh, hold those up. Just show people what these things look like. Is this what we have for everybody? Okay, guys, Church on the Rock, I don't, want, I don't want these guys to be running you down, saying, hey, don't forget your cards. Come on. I, I, let's, let's, be, let's be, where are those cards? Let's be, where are those cards? Where are those little cards today? And then here's the next thing is we, Alma, did you want to say something? Right back there? Alma, how can we make that as easy as we can for people where everybody's not clustered? And you figure out a way where everybody can get this stuff easy if you can. But, but hey, you guys, be, be creative. If you need to spread out in the house where we don't have lines like Disney World to get to these cards. Are you all with me? Let's make it easy today to get those. Here's what I feel on this highway. I, I'm, I'm still in the spirit on something the Lord told me to say. This is the greatest week in history. I need you to help lay some road this week. How many went to uh, Joliet recently? How many went to Joliet? Man, they opened up some area on 355 that's insane. That Miles and miles of new road. Brothers and sisters, we need some new road in our communities. And your palm trees and what you can give are those things that you're giving out to your friends. Be an inviter. Be a worker. Guys, we need help. Don't just come Friday night and um, do the, the services. Hey, team up there, you're going to get to where you just know what to do without even being asked. But when you hear us talking about something, it's a great time to throw things up that we're talking about. Like this would be a good time to put up the three things that's happening this week that Josh did for announcements. Okay? So, so... These guys are all under like 15, 16 years old. Give them a hand. They do an amazing job up there. But that's part of training. Is, is, look, we need workers. Saturday, uh, Friday after the service of shadows, we're tearing everything out of here. We got to get ready for some stuff. So we, we need workers. Um, and then Sunday is the biggest day of the year. Invitation cards. Last point. A highway to the community for the heart for the house project. Everybody grab your red cards. You were challenged this past week. Does everybody have a red card for heart for the house? If you don't have a red card, ushers, I need you to be fast and lively and multiplied by 10. If you don't have a red card, hold your hand up. Because something that I felt the Lord said on this heart for the house is we want all everybody to participate even if it's however but everybody participate if you don't have a red card lift your hand up lift your hand up over here um marcia you're missing some over here um hold your hand up if you don't have a card here's what god tells me when i think about church on the rock all for one one for all okay this heart for the house it's God's path. It's God's vision for expansion of his kingdom. 
It's a commitment to partner with God to create a pathway for Him to come with our time, our talents, and our resources. By faith today, we're rejoicing and celebrating God's path, vision, and expansion for Church on the Rock. By waving our pledge cards and laying them, making a highway before the Lord, we're making a commitment with those pledge cards. We're making a commitment to partner with God to create a path for Him to use to con- as a conduit or a magnet that will attract families into Him through the use of our land and our resources that He's blessed us with. By laying our pledge cards at the altar, I'd like everybody to bring them in a little bit. We're creating that highway. We're creating that highway. We're laying the path, the groundwork to do what's necessary before the construction process can begin. The Lord's really been dealing with me about mission and vision and core values and all that stuff. And I think I finally figured vision out. Vision works close for me when I just close my eyes. But I closed my eyes this last few months, nine months, and I said, Lord, what is supposed to happen on this 16 acres? What is this 16 acres supposed to be? I see a place of preschool. And I see a place of education. I see a place where a building is used to, to help if a, a mom with a strong-willed child or to have classes and education opportunities in the house. I see an outside campus. I see an outside campus. I see it a place where there's people from the community where they can't wait to get here. And even though they don't come to church here, they find themselves at Church on the Rock campus frequently with enjoying the fire pit or sitting in the pavilion as they're walking around a track with places to sit miles of track where places can sit where they can just be at peace and walk with their families I see a splash pad with benches around it that's free to the community where hundreds of parents and kids are coming that moms and dads that are wits in they need to get out of the house and a cow gone take me away that they find themselves at Church on the Rock frequently. I see a state-of-the-art playground, state-of-the-art, not cheap, not dumb, a safe state-of-the-art playground that the community's at. I see soccer games and baseball and the community using this like it's their own. That's even happening this year as we've got, we're talking to a, a soccer league where six teams, I believe, are going to be playing this year because the highway's going forth. God, I see bathrooms out there where we can just, people can use the bathroom outside. I see a 25 seat, 100 seat auditorium right over here with a foyer out front that's 60 feet wide that connects the two. I see a state of the art building behind here that houses all the children that are coming to church on the rock. Yeah, I see lots of things. I see lots of visions that God wants to be a highway to reach this community. And that's just a little bit. Oh, here's another thing I see. I see finding an 18 
70-something chapel somewhere in Illinois and going and getting a truck and picking it up and bringing it to Church on the Rock because on that prayer path through our campus, I also see a chapel of prayer with a waterfall in it that's open 24-7 that people can just come in and sit on an old church pew and just feel the peace, the presence of a mighty God. A chapel that can be used for weddings and special occasions. I'm seeing all kinds of stuff. But heart for the house is building the highway for the king. It's building the highway to our community for the king to come to people. So Lord, right now I pray in Jesus' name that you would put a specific number on people's mind, how they're to help. Lord, I pray that you've moved on people that can do the one-time gift as we were praying last week. Because this week we set loose the civil engineer and it is $14,000. They're coming tomorrow to start surveys. But we released that. Council met Thursday night and we voted to release and get the civil engineer. So Lord, we thank you that that's paid in Jesus' name. The next thing you'll see is a fire pit. And the next thing you'll see is a pavilion. And the next thing you'll see is a playground. I'm believing for all that to be done before the snow flies. I heard one amen. Thank you, Robert. I heard one amen. Lord, we agree in prayer. And Lord, we can do anything that you've called us to do when we partner with you. And so, Lord, today we partner with you in that manner in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet today. To me, altar time is the most important part of Sunday worship. It's time to put faith in action where we haven't just heard the word, but we're doing something about it. We're responding. The most significant life changes occur when people encounter God. Lord, I pray today that people will come forward for a cleansing and freedom from the robbers and thieves that's, that's havoc in their temple and that you would establish their temple today. Father, I pray that you will make a way out for people that's in trouble today, that you promised a way out. I pray that they would respond and say, Lord, I'm going to take that way out. Lord, I, I pray that, that people, when they come and ask, Who am I supposed to give an olive branch to? I pray that you can't do that on yourself. I pray you'll come forward and say, who am I supposed to give that olive branch? And you'll have a time where God's filling you with who it is and what you're supposed to do and the strength to do it because you can't do that alone. I pray you'd respond and say, Lord, I'll be an inviter. I'll be a worker. I'll be a worshiper this holy week. I pray that you will respond today with your heart for the house cards that it'll be all for one one for all as we prepare the the highway this summer i believe uh the the civil engineer said that we can have it to kane county where we can break ground in may may 1st we can start moving somebody say amen thank you lord thank you lord last year you guys gave like 68 or 70 thousand i believe it's going to be a lot more this year as we unroll, thank you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. The praise team's going to sing a song. I want to extend an invitation to everyone to respond. And then also, if you need prayer in any way, 
the altar team, I'm going to put them right here. There's people here, spirit-filled people that will agree with you on anything that you need prayer about. They're going to be standing over here and over here. We want to leave this open. Let's, uh, on the prayer cards and, 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 and that stuff, let's just throw them all out here. People that just want to seek the Lord, you can, you can do that. And then last but not least, we open the Lord's table. We open up the Lord's table on both sides. And we invite you to receive communion and make it a relational thing between you and God today. As Christ gave his life for you, commit to giving your life for his glory this week as you partake of communion. You can also receive it with a spouse or a family member or friends, however you want to do it. But as the team begins to sing, I want you to come in Jesus' name. God bless you as you come. God bless you as you come in response to the message. God bless you as you come and bring your heart for the house cards. God bless you as you come. God bless you as you come. We're going to sing a song. And then I'm going to come back and pray a blessing over the church. So go ahead and respond. If God's telling you to respond to this message, if you need prayer, altar team stand here for people that need prayer. Lord, make a highway. Altar team, we have people that need prayer. Altar team, be moving. There's some people that need prayer. Altar team, there's some people that need prayer. I need a man, a man to pray with Walter. Tim, come play with Walter. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No offense, ladies. I just felt like it, the Lord said it needs to be a man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Altar team, I want you to lay hands on Andrew and call him up out of that wheelchair by faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every week, pray for Andrew. Believe God for miracle healing. Lord, I pray that this would be a house of prayer. I pray that this temple would be a house of praise. I pray this temple would be a house of presence. I pray this temple would be a house of power. I pray this house would be a house of miracles. I pray this house would be a house of comfort. I pray this house would be a house of freedom to those that are in bondage today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Come on, great is the Lord. 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 Come on. That's an anointed song. It's a word. All the earth will shout your... Come on. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Sing that again. Come on. Lift your voice. All the earth. And all the earth will... Come on. Your Every voice. Heart will cry, these bones will stay great. Lord, even today as we learn today that worship sets the atmosphere for miracles. We hear that so fresh off the altar. And Lord, I ask today, are our minds somewhere else? Are our minds on getting out of here? Are our minds on food? Are our minds on the day? Or are our minds on the Lord? And the reason I keep my eyes closed is because I'm not going to be having a judgmental spirit. I'm asking, I'm just asking, just asking where our hearts are today. And I'm asking this church to put your heart to Jesus one more time. We worship you, Lord. We worship you for your kindness. We worship you for your goodness. We worship you for your mercy. We worship you for giving your life on the cross. We worship you for... Taking us out of this evil world and translating us into your kingdom. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor. We focus on you. I want to say something more on that. This week when I was praying, I said, Lord, it's so hard. It's so hard to focus on something you can't see. Lord, sometimes prayer is so difficult. Sometimes worship is so hard for me. It's easier at church, but man, at home, it's really hard. 
Sometimes it's so hard to worship what you can't see. It's so hard to not be distracted. Lord, help me just focus one more time on you today. Help me with all my mind and all my heart and with everything I can to say, you're so merciful. You're so good to me, God. You're kind. You're faithful. Man, you've put a lot of good things in my life. I just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just love you, Lord. Teach your body, teach your flesh to be crucified. Let your spirit control. If you pray in the spirit, it's a great time to pray in the spirit. Nothing brings focus better than praying in the spirit. If you're distracted, use your prayer language. Lord, I speak your blessings over Church on the Rock. Lord, I pray that as we go, we go in the spirit of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.